This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Right now, there is no stopping the Cleveland Indians. Welcome to the Streak Podcast. In 2017, the Cleveland Indians went on an unprecedented record-setting 22-game winning streak. You may never see anything quite like this again. For the next three weeks, you can hear each game as it happened, night after night, on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. History continues to march on. On the Streak Podcast, we'll get the stories from the players, coaches, manager Terry Francona, and others from the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhaus. Now, let's relive one of the greatest stretches of play in Indians and baseball history. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a podcast called The Streak. I'm Jim Rosenhaus, and along with the longtime voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton, we put together what we hope will be a fun supplement to a look back at one of the most historic stretches of winning baseball, not only in Indians history, but Major League Baseball history as well. From August the 24th, 2017 through September 14th of that season, the Indians won 22 straight games. A glorious, unbelievable three-week stretch of winning baseball. And beginning tonight, if you are listening to this podcast on our drop date of Monday, May 4th, you'll be able to listen to the rebroadcast of each game of the streak. Those nightly rebroadcasts will begin at 7 p.m. on many of our Indians Radio Network stations and Indians.com. For 22 consecutive nights, concluding on Memorial Day Monday, May the 25th, you'll be able to relive each game that made up the remarkable streak. Now, our objective on this podcast is to take you behind the scenes and get you ready for the radio game broadcasts with many of the key figures that were a big part of the streak. There will be some names in there that will surprise you and some that won't. Hammy has had a chance to sit down and record some great interviews, beginning with Tribe Manager Terry Francona, and that comes up just a little bit later on in this debut episode of the streak, and there'll be more to come in the days ahead. As the streak begins to build, this podcast will look back at the previous game, complete with highlights and some numbers that you might not have realized at the time. All in all, between the nightly broadcasts and this podcast, hopefully we can help you connect again with our great game with a look back at three weeks of tremendous baseball by the Tribe three seasons ago. So with all that said, let's get right to our first episode and welcome in Tom Hamilton. And when I caught up with Hammy recently to talk about the streak, we certainly had a lot to cover. But first, as someone who would normally be knee-deep in his 31st season as a radio broadcaster for the Tribe, I asked him how he was holding up during these extremely unique times. And as always, Hammy was able to bring some perspective to our current situation. Doing well. Hope you and, and everyone else is as well. I, you know, yeah, we're the fortunate ones just to... Uh, Got off a phone call with uh, some folks that live in Manhattan and, you know, you hear what they're going through. You know, he said they've left their apartment twice in the last two months and 
little bit different here. We're, we're pretty blessed that, you know, the governor here in Ohio was so proactive and, and that's gone a long way in, in keeping us safe. And, and, you know, we don't live maybe in such a densely populated area like New York City. So while I know, you know, there are a lot of people suffering, it, it's nothing here compared to what's gone on other places. So you count your blessings. Yeah, well said for sure. And and one of the things we're trying to do to, to help baseball fans uh, connect a little bit and stay in touch with the game is look back at great moments in Indians history. And, and for three plus weeks, the Indians were the talk of the baseball world in 2017 with their 22 game winning streak. Tom, you've seen the best of, of, of Indians history, some of the best moments, uh, the, the 90s and those great ball clubs, the 2016 World Series. What made this streak, though, uh, unique and, and stand out in your mind? Well, I, um, I mean, you, you talk about the great teams and the history of the game, whether it's the 1927 Yankees or whether it's the Yankees of 1998 when they were setting their records or any other team, but nobody ever came remotely close to having a three week stretch like the Indians did. So I think that jumps out at you that, you know, every year we crown a champion. There's a world series champion every year in baseball, every maybe 100 years, somebody wins 20 or 22 in a row. So it, it, it's just so unique. And I think the more you look back at it now, most part of that three-week stretch, they were without Lonnie Chisenhall, Michael Brantley, Jason Kipnis, Josh Tomlin, Danny Salazar uh, were hurt for a good chunk of that stretch. Andrew Miller was banged up in 2017. He pitched in one game in those 22 games. So when you think of all the critical components that didn't even take part, in that three week stretch, it makes it even more astounding. And, and guys that, you know, aren't even with the club anymore. Uh, Giovanni Urshela, Eric Gonzalez, Yonder Diaz. Um, they all had big games basically coming off the Indians bench. So it truly was a full team effort. Yeah. There were guys like Jose Ramirez and, and Frankie Lindor, and Carlos Santana and, and Edwin Encarnacion had incredible three-week stretches there to, that really helped carry the offense. But, you know, the Indians got from their two catchers, Gomes and Perez, seven homers, 23 RBIs combined during that stretch. And I, I, I just some of the numbers, Rosie, you look at now, uh, the Indians pitching staff gave up 37 runs. I mean, that, that's an ERA of about 1.7. The Indians hit 41 homers. So the Indians hit four more home runs than total runs allowed by the pitching staff. And and you, you just kind of keep going through those numbers. Seven shutouts, you know, a run differential of 105 runs in favor of the Indians. Um, you know, Ryan Merritt coming up, making two spot starts, winning them both. I mean, you just go on and on. I think when, as you remember, when you're in the middle of it, you're kind of caught up with it day to day and you're not really doing much reflecting. And now you reflect three years later. And, and to me, it becomes even a, a more incredible feat that they accomplished what they accomplished. And, and a lot of those games weren't close either, Rosie. The Indians would jump ahead early and their pitching was so dominant that the game was over a lot of times by the fourth inning. 
And, and you mentioned that, and, and maybe that's why, um, you know, people ask, when, when did you realize something special was going on? And it just seemed like a, there were no close games, so it wasn't like it was ever in jeopardy at any point until the very end. Uh, yeah. How about you? Did, was there a point in time where you said, wow, this is something, you know, it's really happening now? You know what? To me, as soon as you get into double figures, it becomes pretty incredible. I mean, um, it, it's hard to win, you know, a, a three-game series and sweep the series. And then, you know, to think that for the second year in a row, you were going to potentially set a new franchise record. I mean, the old record didn't last long. It lasted one year when they won 14 in a row in 2016. And I, I just think back to coming, you know, the, the club had the all-star break and then just played real poorly in San Francisco and Oakland. And it was almost like the all-star break was still going on in the players' minds, the way those games were played. And the came back and was 48 and 45. And you're, you're now deep into July and Tito wasn't happy and, and held a team meeting. And, you know, one of the things he said was, you know, guys, you can't just sit around here and, and not kick it into gear. You, you can't wait around and, and think you're going to have a, another 14 game winning streak like we had last year. So what did they do? But they topped it and they won 22 in a row. So, I mean, those things to have back-to-back years with winning streaks of that length, you know, it kind of gets lost in all of this, Rosie. The club was 48 and 45 after that West Coast trip and then proceeded to win nine in a row. And that was what really kind of jump-started the ball club. And then that 22-game winning streak followed about two weeks later. So, you know, in, in a stretch there of about six weeks, they won 22 in a row and they won nine in a row. That, that tells you just how good their pitching was because you can't have winning streaks of any duration unless you've got really good starting pitching. Let's take a break right there. But I assure you on future episodes of the Streak Podcast, we'll delve deeper into some of the astounding numbers the Streak produced with Hammy. At this point, we want to switch gears and settle in for Tom's visit with Indians manager Terry Francona. Game one of the streak will air tonight, and it came against the Boston Red Sox on August the 24th, 2017. The Indians were four and a half games ahead of the Twins in the AL Central. They had a record of 69-56. and Decent for a team many expected to make a return trip to the World Series after the dramatics of 2016. But about a month earlier, just after the All-Star break, the outlook wasn't nearly as bright. Well, why don't we let Hammy and Tito take it from there? Well, Tito, first off, you know, you kind of go back to that season. And after the All-Star break, didn't have a good West Coast trip there to San Francisco and Oakland. The club comes home. You're 48 and 45. And, you know, little did you know you were going to win nine in a row right after that stretch, much less what was to come next. But kind of take us back to that. Um, Were there any team meetings? amongst the players, or did you hold any meetings after that trip? You know, it's funny, Hammy. I do remember talking to the guys because I wasn't happy when we came off that road trip. And I remember telling them, hey, if you're sitting around waiting to win 12 in a row, like we had done, I said, you got another thing coming. I said, you better start playing a little that I know. 
that, you know, it was going to be 22. I don't think anybody saw that coming, nor could you. But, I mean, the fun part now is looking back, you know, when you're going through it, you, you kind of do it day by day like we like. But then when you look back at all the people that were involved in it and, you know, I mean, guys that weren't involved in it, you know, it, it, it makes it even more special. Well, well, let's start right there, Tito. For most of the street on the disabled list were Michael Brantley, Jason Kipnis, Andrew Miller, Danny Salazar, Josh Tomlin was on the DL for a chunk of it. I mean, looking back at any point there, did you say to you yourself or to Brad Mills or to the coaches, how the heck are we going to plow through this thing with all those people out? Well, I do remember looking at our schedule and thinking, man, you know, we got, we got to go through New York. We got a double header. We got a lot of baseball to play here. And if we could just keep our head above water, you know, we were going to be in pretty good shape because we were kind of beat up. And then you look up three weeks later and you haven't lost a game. That's, that's hard to imagine. I mean, I don't care what's, even if you're an NFL football, that's good. <laughs> Tito, it's August 24th. The club is 69 and 56, so you're in a good spot, but you only have a four and a half game lead. You're 13 games over 500. At any point there leading up to that, because after that stretch we talked about where you went, what was it, one and five or one and six in Oakland and San Francisco, you did go 21 and 11 after that leading up to the streak did you feel the club was starting to hit its stride even though you had all those injuries yeah i thought we were playing better baseball and and you know in in since the time i've been in cleveland for whatever reason it takes us a while to find our footing but once we do we generally play pretty good the rest of the way out as the damnedest thing i wish i could put my finger on it so we could find it quicker but once we get it going we hold it and I think that's a testimony to the players, their work ethic and their ability to not let up once they feel it, because I did feel like we were playing better baseball. And literally, Tito, it was a three-week stretch. I mean, there were 22 games jammed into those three weeks. I mean, you think about it now. You're 69 and 56, four-and-a-half game lead. Three weeks later, you're 91 and 56, and the race is over. And, and him, you know, it, it's almost impossible to kind of not look at the schedule and say, well, you know, if we could win here, or, you know, we'd give us a chance to win 90 games or 95. But all of a sudden that streak put us up, we're looking at 100. You know, I mean, that's pretty rare air there. That was, I mean, it, it was just a, it was a unique experience. And that's why nobody's done it for, what, 100 years. I mean, in our game, it just doesn't happen. In all your time, and you've won World Series, you've been in a classic with the Indians in 2016, does anything compare to that three-week stretch? You know, when we were going through it, I really believe we, 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 we stay in the moment so well. But when I look back on it, like when I got home that winter, and I had neighbors that were saying to me, my goodness, man, we were getting up early in the morning because we wanted to see the box score. and. <laughs> And that's when I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, you don't realize quite maybe what you're accomplishing while you're going through it. But then when it settles in later, you're like, man, that's pretty cool. 
Well, and they did capture the nation, too. I mean, not very often does Cleveland knock off New York or Boston from the lead on Sports Center, but every night it was like, here you are. You're the, you're the number one story in the country. And it's pretty cool. And, and, and you know it's going to end sometime, but it, it's, it's fun to go through. And especially at that time of year where guys are getting tired, it gave them something to kind of get juiced about coming to the ballpark, which I thought was a really good thing. Gary, how do you balance that? How do you not get caught up in that and say, hey, we've got a chance to do something historical here. Um, maybe I push a guy in the lineup more today than I normally would because – or did, did that ever enter into the equation? You know, the, the, the couple was it the year or two before we won 12 in a row. I wasn't real pleased with the end of the bullpen. And, and this time, again, because of injuries and things, we used everybody. I mean, we had guys come up from AAA. We used everybody in the bullpen, so nobody got overused. We gave guys days off, and we still won. And that made it even better because now you got 25 guys that feel good about themselves, and, and everybody's contributing. So it, it, it made it better. When you were in the teens, was it hard not to, to get caught up in it yourself? I mean, when you're 17 no, in a row. I really eight. don't think I did. Yeah. I, I I mean, I was enjoying winning. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing better than when you come to the park and you feel like you're going to win. That's a good feeling because there's a lot of times you come to the ballpark and it doesn't mean you can't win, but it's hard to win. Just sometimes you go through periods where, man, winning the game's really hard. And it just seemed like for those three weeks, I mean, we with a lead, I want to say probably 90% of the time. And, and we were blowing teams out. I mean, it's rare where you have everything working for three weeks in a row where it just seemed like everybody's hitting, everybody's catching the ball, everybody was – I mean, just everything – everybody did, did what they're supposed to. You pointed that out, Tito, playing with the lead. You scored 30 runs in the first inning and 26 in the second inning during that 22-game win streak. So there weren't many come-from-behind games. Did that make a difference? Yeah, playing with the lead. I mean, playing with the – you've heard me say it how many times, Amy. When you score first and if you score next, you know, I don't know if that's a real uh, – you know, if, if anybody's going to put that in analytics, but that's my own analytics. When you score first and then you score next, we're going to win. And I feel like that. And we did that so often during that streak. Some numbers that, that Bart and Court came up with that are astounding. I, I had forgotten, and I, maybe you remember. but. In 22 games, that pitching staff allowed 37 runs, and your own club hit 41 homers. You hit more home runs than your pitchers gave up runs. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. When I'm saying everything was kind of going on cylinders, it really was. I mean, and then, you know what, I'll take it another step. We lost 4-3 to three to the Royals in the 23rd game, and then I think we came back and won four or five more. I mean, we were playing good baseball. It just, and I was really happy with that because, you know, you, we've all seen it where the air comes out of the balloon and guys take a deep breath. They didn't. They just picked it up the next day and kept on playing. Your rotation since you've been here, to your point, you play better, it seems like, as you get deeper into the year. It also seems like your pitching just takes over. I mean, that pitching staff threw seven shutouts during the 22 games, much less have a team ERA of like 1-7? I think that goes to farther than just talent. 
think we all know the kind of talent that guys like Kluber and 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 Bieber and Kluber have showed, and you know, Carrillo. But I think it goes to work ethic too, and the work they do in between starts, not only to stay healthy but to stay productive, because we've all seen guys where it looks like that their gas tank is on half empty as opposed to half full. And that's a good feeling when you know you don't have to worry about your pitchers because they're not running on fumes. It was almost deja vu. Ryan Merritt, the year before, comes up, pitches a great game the last weekend that we played in Kansas City. Everyone knows what happened in the American League Championship Series. He didn't get the win, but he pinched the, pitched the clincher to win the pennant. You bring him up for two spot starts, and he wins them both in the 22-game streak. I think if I, I – I don't know if I could come up with another name of somebody that, that who endeared themselves to so many people in Cleveland with that few starts in the major leagues. I, mean, I remember hearing stories about people buying them wedding gifts. And, I mean, he's, he's a great kid. He's real soft-spoken, doesn't throw very hard, but he's also unflappable. And he, he, he was just – it was it was good for us. It gave us a little bit of a jolt because those things during the year they they make it more exciting. Had you remembered Andrew Miller only pitched in one game during that stretch? And yet well, when I knew won. we were going to do this, I actually looked, and it surprised me that how many guys we had on the DL. You know, Brantley was hurt, Lonnie Chisinau was hurt, Kip was hurt. I mean, Andrew's a guy that we leaned on. You know that those couple years, and for him not to be available, yeah, that did kind of surprise me. But other guys stepped up and ended up making us a better team. Yeah, you, you go back to a road trip we had there at the end of August. Got rained out in New York, had to play a doubleheader at Yankee Stadium, have an off day, following day, a doubleheader in Detroit. Four games, you know, in a three-day period there, and, you know, you weren't able to expand the roster until the Detroit doubleheader. Yeah, I was, you know, I was, I was proud of our guys, not because, I mean, we all love winning. I was just proud of the effort because, you know, you play a doubleheader in Yankee Stadium. There's a lot of times you're kind of hoping you come out with a split. You know, you just don't want to get swept. And these guys, they, they kept at it. And then, like you say, you got a day off and you go to Detroit. Okay, you could be a letdown. No, no letdown, man. They just kept playing. It was, it's fun when you can sit back, turn the guys loose and just, <clears throat> be proud like a proud papa let me run down some players with you tito see if any thoughts come to mind or any memories from that stretch frankie lindor in that stretch hit 360 with oh. nine homers and 20 rbis yeah th i mean think about that that's for some guys that's a whole year <laughs> i mean i mean i'm i'm guessing if you go to the list there wasn't too many guys that didn't hit well and there wasn't too many guys that didn't pitch well. I mean, we were kind of hot as a as a team, which you don't see that. That's rare. Jose, four twenty three, eight homers, fourteen RBIs. Yeah, I mean, they were monsters. I mean, I mean, Jose was kind of blooming into one of the best players in the game, and that that three week period, man, he just like he hit everything in sight. Um, and I know what you're about. You're about winning. You're about winning a championship. But if you look at it one way, every year somebody wins the World Series. Every hundred years somebody wins 20 or 22 in a row. I mean, when you think of it. Well, I wish then in that case, I wish they had given us a ring so we could have had a parade. 
because it you know it 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 hurt it hurt more that year when we lost in the playoffs i think because of how good we felt about our team and you know everybody would ask do you think they burned themselves out there in the street no no we just we just kind of pulled a clunker for a couple games in in the playoffs and because of that we had to go home um but it hurt i remember thinking man we had unfinished business and it, it hurt for a while you look back at it now though i mean and and think about what you accomplished and and really how unprobable that is? You know, yeah, because I just, like we were saying a minute ago, something's going to happen in our game where you're, even if you're playing really good baseball, you know, you might go seven and three or eight and two, you know, because somebody's pop a home run or somebody's going to get a bad hop hit. But to go three weeks, I mean, that is so improbable. Um, I mean, if anybody does it again, I hope it's us because it's fun living through it. But, I mean, that's just um, the last time, what, somebody went 26 games without losing because there's a tie in there. That was, what, 100 years ago? Yeah. Any favorite Any memories? for the next one, Hammy. <laughs> Any favorite memories that we haven't touched upon? You know, you hit on a lot of them. I think um, it was the, the funnest thing for me was watching our team be a team. Remember when we went to Kansas City and the guys were tired and Kluber was going to pitch that night. And I said to him, I said, Kluber, I said, you okay? I said, I think I'm going to do something special for the guys. And we had a DJ come in and we had that Papa Shot basketball tournament. And it was just to show the guys, hey, we know you're tired, but we appreciate your effort. And they had a lot of fun. Kluber enjoyed it, like watching them. And they went out and dealt. And it was just, it was a fun time because – you know, we have so much of our time is, is you know, you, you work through frustration in our game. I mean, that's just the way it is. And for three weeks, we didn't. And it's so rare. Great stuff, Tito. I forgot all about the Papa Shot thing. And yeah. you had to ask him because you were concerned, right? I wanted to check with Klubes yeah. just because, again, it's his start day. And, you, you know, and he was great about it. But, you know, the last thing you want is him showing up and there's a DJ and he's like, what the hell is going on here? You know, there's a lot of things to miss about baseball on a daily basis, especially on the radio. And Hammy's nightly visits with Terry Francona certainly are one of those things. So uh, that was a, a special treat right there. And we'll have much more from the Tribe Manager and more from Hammy in future podcasts. But we'll close this debut episode of The Streak right here and leave you with this note. Again, if you're listening to this podcast the day it drops, which is Monday, May 4th, be sure to tune in tonight at 7 p.m on an Indians Radio Network station that is carrying the game, or Indians.com. It's the Indians and Red Sox at Progressive Field in the finale of a three-game series on August the 24th, 2017. The Tribe lost the first two games of that series, and the Red Sox were rolling out a red-hot Chris Sale against an equally locked-in Trevor Bauer for the Indians. So don't miss it tonight. And who knew it would be the start of three weeks of fun for the team and its fans that ended in history being made. Enjoy the ride for the next 22 nights. Thanks for this podcast. Go out to Brian Matze and Bob Coates for their production work at iHeartRadio, Bart Swain and Court Berry Tripp from the Indians PR Department. And, of course, thanks to Tom Hamilton and Terry Francona for getting our journey started on a great note. I'm Jim Rosenhouse thanking you for taking the time to listen, and we'll talk to you next time on The Streak. The Indians!
historical streak marches on. Thanks for listening to the Streak Podcast, the inside stories from one of the greatest stretches of play in Indians and baseball history. Your companion to the nightly game broadcast on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.